0: what's going on guys back again with episode three um i feel like we're, we're on a good roll right now uh bringing some good content i've got even more for you today but more importantly so I've, I've got another guest a new one and this week's guest is none other than third coast tom say what's up tom
1: what's up ladies and gentlemen thanks for having me on mike uh really excited to talk about the
0: xfl and as he mentioned, today's episode will be about the XFL, which is going to be our our spring like football league. Uh, it's supposed to fill in, and I think it's really exciting. And we're going to try and get in on like the ground level. Uh, so we're going to go over a uh, brief history, followed by some some notables, and, and you know, kind of just get into it. So I hope you guys are ready for that. Um, first I would like to, uh, start with, you know, the XFL initially was brought in at 2001 by, uh, none other than Vince McMahon and the NBC chair, uh, Dick Ebersol, and, and they went in half and half. Uh, it looks like it was, uh, kind of a plot created after NBC had lost, um, the broadcasting rights to the NFL, to CBS just three years earlier. So... What with Vince McMahon being the entertainer that he is and, and all the success he had seen from wrestling, uh, I guess they assumed that he would be the right guy to bring in an exciting, uh, and, and at first it was meant to uh, rival the NFL, uh, maybe take some of the spotlight, take some of the stars. Like, like ideally, they wanted people to go there instead of the NFL, which, I mean, that's a long shot, but, you know, everybody has hopes and dreams, Um <clears throat> they started the same way they've always kind of done it with new and exciting rules. Um, I know they uh, brought in a lot of the, the different point systems, uh, the different kickoffs. Uh, they brought in SkyCams, which um, are now a staple in, in football itself. Like in the NFL, SkyCams are a thing. It's all about seeing everything. Um, the mid game interviews, which, um, are, are still a thing in, in the XFL, not so much in the NFL, but I I think that's really cool. Personally. Um, what, what do you remember of the original XFL? If you do it all Tom?
1: I'll never forget. I'll never forget. One of the more polarizing names of the XFL early on was he hate me, right? Like, like that was the name of the football player and he was just going to go out there and, and kill and destroy. And the XFL was supposed to be similar to, you know, the, the WWF, I guess back then WWE, where you had these polarizing figures and good guys, bad guys. And I think initially that was the, uh, the idea that they tried to, you know, put out there. It was like, look, this is going to be that similar entertainment. We're going to be edgy. We're going to be gritty. And yeah, if the money was right, that we would be able to steal prominent football players from the NFL, to kind of build this league up, to kind of go back and forth with, unfortunately, it just it just never caught the traction that I think it thought it was going to get.
0: Right, and, and um, it, it it ran for one season. Uh, it was a tumultuous season, which, which they went from extreme highs uh, as far as ratings. I think they got a ten point three, and then that was that was week one like uh week two they had they had dropped all the way down to like one point four, <clears throat> two point threes, like the almost night and day difference. I, I think there were some early errors where they had a uh, they had aired the, the Las Vegas game because it was a bigger market. They were more excited about that one when, when uh over in where was it? I wanna say the like the Orlando Rage had a game that weekend, and they absolutely balled out. Like it was better football; it, it was a better game. They were, they were scoring a plenty, and uh, there was just a lot of little hit and misses, right? Like they they had the right idea with the exciting game of football, but for all accounts, the the general feel for quality of football being played was kind of like backyard football with a bunch of old dudes who just wanted to like like create a name for themselves kind of like you said with he hate me and everybody wanted to be that guy like in the league they're like how do i make a name for myself because with somebody at vince at the top that that'll get me more you know play time or that'll get me more publicity because i'm i'm one of those guys but uh like like i mean that that was a crazy first year i think they actually had a blimp that said xfl um plastered across the side like crash into where was it it had to have been like the the san francisco bay or something like the bay area like like it crashed and caused 2.5 million dollars in damage so like as as bad as it can be uh as far as like bad omens go um I, i know that uh vince had had been quoted calling it the no fun league when he spoke about the nfl and it wasn't so much to give players an opportunity to play it was to try and turn a profit on a missed market or that's what he saw there right so him and Ebersole were like we can do this I I have faith in this like with with your ability to run a business and my backing and, and ties to NBC like we've got this but I feel like they didn't have it um and I mean albeit ambitious. Um, just I don't think that they handled it the best they could because I feel like there was a market there. Like if you saw the the, the day one ratings, like people wanted to be there. I don't know if those was the right people, but people wanted to be there. Um, I really, not to, not to cut you off, but uh, I really feel
1: like it was a lot of people had this this sense of, okay, Vince McMahon had, had, had made all of this, uh, made all this money, had a successful go with, you know, the WWF, WWE. And it was one of those things where people were like, look, he's going to put together a solid product. Unfortunately, it just seemed like it was rushed. It seemed like they didn't take the time that I think moving forward, looking ahead, that The Rock took to try try to really try to mold it into a proper league. And I feel like that's what ended up being his downfall.
0: Right. Uh I, I know that they had a... Uh they had done like a, a post-failure interview with McMahon, and, and one of his biggest regrets was not giving them enough time to practice and like actually become a team, right? Like, I mean, I think it was like a month turnaround, like from when they started opening like training camps to like when they actually played the first game. They didn't have a whole lot of time to uh, to prepare, and that kind of showed when you watch those games that. The, the brand of football just wasn't very good. Like the quality. Like you could tell they were playing football, but where they had learned that or where they didn't learn was kind of obvious. So what we know of um back then was there is the eastern and western divisions. <clears throat> you had in the eastern division, uh the Birmingham Thunderbolts, the Chicago Enforcers, the New York Hitmen, New York, New Jersey Hitmen. I guess they shared kind of like the Nets did. Um, Orlando Rage uh, so already you kind of notice in like the, the the vibe with the XFL back in 2001 it, it was a lot of violence and extreme you know this that and the third like they, they were just going for blood um, out in the west you had Las Vegas Outlaws the Los Angeles Extreme uh, the Memphis Maniacs and lastly the San Francisco Demons and those are some <laughs> names
1: it sounded more like a roller derby uh, league than it did like a football league. You know what I mean? Like you think about some of the names of teams where, you know, okay, that's something you can put on a jersey and market. I don't know if you're selling a lot of demons or, or, or what was, what was it? What was another kind of wild one? I mean, I don't know if you're selling a bunch of those
0: jerseys. Uh, Hitmen, Maniacs. I tell you what though, a uh, big Bertha and the San Francisco demons. That <laughs> sounds like a roller derby team. I tell you what, but I just, uh, yeah, it, it's wild. Uh, I mean, like I said, very ambitious. I, I was here for it. Like, I mean, I mean, I wasn't there for it to begin with because you know I was a little young back then, but but just looking at it, you know, going back, like a lot of the the negatives there. Like, uh, and, and I don't know how much you remember of it, but like they they were selling sex. Like they they had strippers in hot tubs at the games. <laughs> like like they were the cheerleaders would do some really risky stuff, and, and like. The fans loved it. Like there was a section in the crowd where guys had like cards and they were rating the the cheerleaders performances from, you know, one to 10. And it was like a big part of it. But again, you know, outside of that first weekend where guys were fighting in the crowds and you know, like they ran the stadium out of beer only in the XFL. You ran the stadium out of beer.
1: (laughs) I mean, that's an achievement, right? I mean, I, for me personally, if I, I float a keg or if I go to somewhere and I, I, I drink them dry on a liquor, uh, that's like a badge of honor.
0: Right. I mean, that, that, I, you know, everybody looks at it different. Uh, So among other things that they introduced to, you know, maybe the the game of football or at least just what they thought would be exciting was, you know, micing up players, uh, which I think has, you know, become a staple now. Everybody likes seeing that. They'll mic up one, like, prominent player. Like, I know I've seen clips like J.J. Watt yelling at the defensive line and, and, you know, getting hyped up after a tackle. So that kind of stuck with the game, which is, you know, again, really, really cool. Um, a lot of the rules they employed in the XFL for what I understand and what I've read on was things that, you know, either Vince and, uh, had thought about or things that were previously voted on in the NFL and didn't make the cut. So they were like, well, it's easy enough to say, let's see if that would have worked because we own all eight teams. They owned all eight teams. That's a monopoly. You could do whatever you wanted. You'd be like, you know what, uh, the, the Chicago enforcers are kind of trash. We're going to take the best wide receiver off the Los Angeles extreme and put them over there. That way they're a little bit more competitive. And nobody could technically tell them no, right? Because that's a monopoly. You can do as you please. Like, that yeah. can't be healthy.
1: Yeah, I think that probably hurt the league as well. Like, you want that kind of uh, competitive nature. You also kind of want, you know, these teams to be – okay, some bad, some good. I mean, obviously you'd love them all to be really competitive, but you understand, okay, these guys got these players and they're going to be number one in the draft the following year or whatever, that kind of thing where you have that, okay, I'm going to build this team up. And it really just sounded like you said, like in a monopoly where they just kind of said, okay, we're going to do whatever we want. And I felt like people just kind of looked through it. It seemed kind of hollow.
0: Right, because as of right now with the way the NFL stands is you have individual owners that want to see their team win, you know, by whatever means necessary. They want to see looking at you, Patriots. Um, but <laughs> by any means necessary. But like when you own all eight teams, why do you care? I mean, if you're Vince McMahon, you're pushing guys like he hate me. Like I well, I want to see that guy win because he's got fans. We'll sell more jerseys that way. But I think it's it's better to have separate entities kind of Vying for that number one spot and doing whatever they can individually like I think if those eight teams were were Singularly owned, I I think that would have been a more competitive more exciting, you know league to watch So a quick question I have because because you are my sports guy if I don't know it I I come (laughs) to you Uh, What do you think in terms of just kind of how the XFL? would rank, and this is all, you know, pre-2023, so like 2020, 2001, like as far as any other football league, like the Canadian Football League or the USFL or or all those other kind of subsidiary football leagues, how do you think it kind of ranks, albeit temporary at times, like compared to others?
1: To be honest, I thought back then, I thought arena football got more of a buzz because they had some really like interesting owners. Like I know John Bon Jovi owned... The uh the Philadelphia team, you know, I thought the arena the arena football league probably ranked out better than XFL back in the day. Um, but I mean, like you said, like like what we were kept talking about, the 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 more polarizing figures in the league, the more you're gonna get people coming to it. I think McMahon tried to just make it all happen on his own and that kinda hurt him.
0: Oh, for sure. It's a it's a really big weight to like throw on your back and try and drag a league into success. I mean, whereas you know in modern times it it especially in like 2020 like uh where it was you know brought back to life i think it did really well outside of you know the, the the bankruptcy or whatever um but but as far as giving those players uh you know an opportunity i think it was more about the players when they came back it wasn't you know 2001's you know cocaine party it it was more so this is football um, albeit different this is going to be a, a game that you know we practice we play we care like i found myself kind of involved uh like like with the houston roughnecks i was like man uh what is it uh, pj tucker was that the quarterback there you can maybe uh, correct walker pj walker, walker pj walker yeah that guy he actually got brought up to the league uh what was that the uh the colts is that what Carol- he came to
1: carolina panthers
0: Close enough, right? See sports <laughs> guy right there, but and, and that's awesome to see these guys get an opportunity to like show off their stuff, and it also gives like not only undrafted guys or like you know troubled guys, but like you know guys like Josh Gordon who who's still kind of in the XFL, uh, but. It gives him the opportunity to say like, hey, you know, regardless of what my past says, I can still ball out. Um, granted, there's certain things that whether you're in the XFL or not, you're not going to be in the NFL if you can't get your life together.
1: It's really great. Like as, as a like a a bridge between. OK, maybe I was a decent college football player, great college football player, but I, I didn't have the chops to, to stick with an NFL team. It really feels like minor league baseball in a sense, because you, like you said, we've seen guys come from the XFL and go on to play in the NFL in, in however, which way they get there. So it's kind of cool to have that, you know, that kind of minor league system thing going on a little bit. And I think this year there's definitely a good crop of guys that they've got on different teams that have the ability to shine and end up back on an NFL roster next year.
0: Right. And, and I mean, yeah, it, it can happen. And and I know initially, like, uh, the IFL, or the Indoor Football League, uh, kind of served as a feeder to the XFL. A- and I feel like with its growth in popularity now, like, you're going to have more of that, where guys can kind of show out at even lower levels, uh, not even college football, but like guys who've been kind of like keeping up with the fight and the grind and like showing up and and regardless of what people tell them, they're gonna keep playing football. Doesn't matter if it's for thirty thousand dollars a year, they're gonna keep playing football. Um and, and hopefully the XFL will continue to kind of feed players to the league because I feel like if they can find a, a bit of stability in, in the middle or, you know, like kind of as a mediary from like washed out players or troubled players to like XFL competitive players that are on the main stage. And just a quick tidbit, the emergence of ESPN plus being kind of like a, a platform with not enough interesting things to watch for me personally, because every good game you're going to want to watch is not on there, but all of the XFL is on there. And I think that's awesome because I can go there every single time and I can watch it. It now it's got more like uh what is it? It's stability? got more watch. Well, just, just your ability to see it, right? Like uh, visibility. No. It's got more visibility with with it being all the way on ESPN+. Plus. It's also on normal uh, broadcasting areas like FX, ESPN, ABC. Like it's all over the place. So people can actually watch it. Uh, they can stream it online. And, and so you're seeing these guys. And, and it's a short season. It's not super long. Um, it, it's very palatable in my opinion. It's kind of just bounce in after the Super Bowl, and you're still watching football.
1: And I think they're going to be successful. If they're going to be successful, that is what is going to do it because they picked a perfect little spot to they to where they're not competing with baseball, they're not competing with football. You're kind of messing with basketball, but I think basketball is kind of like a you know an every night thing where you're going to be able to you know lock in Saturday, Sunday to watch XFL football. So. If there's anything that we know with you know sports, football's kind of king. I I I mean I'm sure there's definitely going to be people that are going to say whatever baseball, whatever basketball, but the ratings kind of bear it out. That football drives the bus, and now you're giving us another option of football in between the the regular season and the postseason. So and now you're getting former NFL players and you know kind of like that 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 crop of people that okay, I still want to watch those guys. I still think Josh Gordon has something in the tank. He could be somebody that I want to watch. so it's it's probably gonna be something that as long as they can afford it because you know the the, the owners are like like we're gonna talk about you know they're they're kind of a little group as long as they can pay for it it should it should survive.
0: Right, right. And, and I mean, as we're kind of flowing through, uh, we can kind of start getting into, like, 2023 XFL and and, and Danny Garcia and Dwayne Johnson, sorry, Dwayne the Rock Johnson, kind of buying them. And I think they did it with a consortium. It wasn't just them uh, investing in the XFL to bring it out of um, financial ruin, right? They they bought it out, and they were like, we're going to make this something. Because, as we all know, uh, he's mentioned it a million different times. Uh, the Rock has always dreamed of being, you know, on the field and playing football, but that didn't pan out for him. Uh, so, like, with him in the whole 54th man uh, mantra where he's like, I always was good, but was never good enough. And, you know, he's been, you know, cited saying that in a lot of different interviews. Uh, how do you feel about somebody who, at this point, everything he touches is gold, I think. he he He's really successful. And if he fails, I don't see it.
1: Well, the thing of it is, is that he's really smart about not trying to get outside of his, you know, his realm, you know, with with the the energy drinks and, you know, Under Armour and now the XFL. These are all things that all kind of like are in his wheelhouse. So he kind of has that, you know, familiarity with what how to sell them, how to market them. So with the the XFL, I think he's the perfect guy to pick this up and run with it uh, because. He was exactly like a player that would have needed the XFL to keep playing football. He would have been a prime candidate for this league back before, you know, he turned into this wrestling giant and now this movie star giant. The XFL would have been exactly for somebody like him.
0: Right, right. And and I completely agree. And I think he, he like holds that closely and that's why he cares so much. Um, I I think it's, I think it's wild because like not only, is it a former wrestler, um, you know, Vince McMahon had it, and now it's The Rock's turn. He also, like, went in on this uh, venture with his ex-wife, who he met at Miami, and they kind of split amicably, uh, for whatever that's worth, and and uh, well enough to where they could still work together. And it seems as though, and I mean, this may be an early call, but, like, this is going to do a lot better than it has in previous attempts.
1: absolutely. That's um, really a crazy story because he's like, she is like his manager. And I would think normally, like any other scenario, the new Mrs. Johnson would probably be like, oh, no, we're not doing this. But they all do really well. Uh, Danny is involved in everything. And you can tell that she kind of runs her side of the business. And it, it, it works. I don't know how it works, but it works.
0: Right, and uh, Danny and Dwayne share a daughter in Simone Johnson, who is uh, wrestling, for what I understand. Um, she's part of the famous Samoan Anoi uh, wrestling group of people that The Rock is born into by his dad. Uh, just a little bit of wrestling stuff for you guys. But, uh, yeah, so if you're ready for it, we can get right into these uh, rule modifications because I think it's the most exciting part about the game for me. Um so, real quick, some of the uh, big ones are a 35 second play clock, which which makes for a very exciting game. How do you feel about that one?
1: It's interesting because I feel like it shortens the game too, right? If the clock's always running and now you have 35 seconds, you think about teams, you know, using every second of that clock. It's going to be like less possessions in my mind, but I mean, if they need the time to to get a play together, I I know the Texans are really bad about using a, a 20 uh, what is it? Twenty-four second or whatever. Or however many, they, they they need more. So thirty-five is the way to go.
0: Right, right. Uh, I mean, for what I saw, there was a lot of like uh hurry up plays and and, and people just moving as fast as possible because when the clock moves as fast as it does in this game, you kind of have to. Because for what it says in the game timing here, uh the the clock will start following incomplete passes and out of bounds plays prior to the two minute warning of either half. Um, clock will stop following first downs after the two-minute warning of either half. Uh, the first and second half will be split by a ten-minute halftime and three timeouts per team per half, which is standard. Uh, what I do know is they get that that the one challenge. Tell me what you know about that challenge that they get.
1: Is it the golden challenge where they can basically anything challenge and everything?
0: Anything?
1: Yeah, it's really interesting. I think. You hope that they save those, right? They don't burn it like early on or whatever, and it and it decides a football game. It's 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 different because I I kind of like the way the NFL does it personally, but I'm all for having that that one thing where I can challenge anything, when there's so many rules in the NFL that basically says up oh, you can't challenge this up oh, you can't challenge that, and uh, as long as they're getting the game right, that's that's got to be a bonus.
0: And typically, like when you want to challenge something, uh, as far as I know in the NFL, like you probably can't, anyways. Like it's out of the question. But here, it's like anything and everything. If you're going to challenge it, go for it. And, and for what I know, you still lose a timeout if you challenge and fail. Um, but uh, another thing that's big different that I saw this weekend and done masterfully, uh, if you watched it all. Um, the St. Louis Battle Hawks had a major comeback, and I think a big staple in that was uh, the, the new extra point system that they have, or the, the, the change in the extra point system. Um, so for the uh, uninitiated, uh, instead of kicking the, uh, the PAT, uh, you're, you're going to have a two-yard line uh, for a one-point conversion. You start at the two-yard line and get it in however you can. Uh, they have a five-yard line, two-point conversion, and a 10-yard line, three-point conversion which which is crazy because i mean it's a 10-yard line it's still not impossible but you know there's a reason people aren't going for three but i know that they they had done that and to that to like stack onto that you have uh in the fourth quarter instead of kicking like an onside kick you can kick an onside kick whenever you want but in the fourth quarter alone instead of kicking an onside kick you can convert a fourth and 15 from your own 25 yard line. And if you succeed, you keep the ball. If not, it's theirs. How do you feel about that?
1: It's crazy because it's already getting buzzed in local media. So here in Houston, sports talk radio, I was listening to this morning and they were actually really upset with those rules. And were kind of like afraid that the NFL might adopt them because it would change the way the game is played. And for me, I think it's, it's perfect for the XFL because it makes it exciting. It makes it, you know, you're never truly out of the game. You can orchestrate crazy comebacks the way, you know, St. Louis did against San Antonio. And I kind of like it. Like,
0: like, like, would you fourth, like it for the NFL?
1: I think the fourth and 15 is a little, is a little wild. I think it should be longer than that. Uh, something they brought up too that makes a lot of sense. You know, a team like the chiefs can get 14, can get 15 yards in a play. No problem. It would probably have to be like 4th and twenty, fourth and 25 instead of the onside kick. And uh, I think it makes it interesting. I I like the fact that it gives you you more of an opportunity to do something with the football. You know, an onside kick is pretty much as close to a Hail Mary as you can get. So the fact that, okay, I'm going to give you a play, line it up, draw something up to get you 20 yards or 25 yards, it, it would be more exciting.
0: Right. And for those of you who weren't able to catch the game this weekend or haven't fallen in love with it like we have, um, and maybe you will after this episode, uh, the St. Louis BattleHawks Hawks uh, ruined the San Antonio Brahmas <laughs> with a minute and 30 seconds left. A.J. McCarran went 11 for 14 for 133 yards in the fourth quarter, and that included a three-point conversion and a fourth and 15 conversion. It was super cool to watch. It happened so fast that I had to go on YouTube and watch it again because I was like, "What just happened?" I looked up for two seconds and and San Antonio lost. It's crazy. Um, I do know. Uh, out of week one, um, the DC Defenders uh, beat the Seattle Sea Dragons twenty two to eighteen. The St. Louis Battlehawks we just spoke of beat the San Antonio Brahmas eighteen to fifteen. The Houston Roughnecks and, and the uh, Guardians. You want to talk to me about that one? Did you get a chance to watch that one? I I know you're a Houston native, big fan. I caught the first quarter and then I ended up
1: catching the highlights. The Roughnecks are that team. Vegas has them as the best chance to win the title and they have probably the most returning players You know that was really dominant last year or or the year before, I guess, when they were actually played the season or whatever. And they just look good. Like, They've got uh, Wade Phillips as a coach. He's perfect for that. You know, son of Bum. He's a Houston guy. So it's a, it's a great marriage, and they look really good, play really tough defense. And they're, they're going to be good all season long, I think.
0: And, and I don't think this game was a blow-off game. Like, nobody came into this game like, oh, we'll see what happens. Like, the Orlando Guardians, they have Paxton Lynch, the only first-round drafted quarterback in the XFL right now. He... Was supposed to do really good, but uh, he's also the only quarterback to have been benched in like three different leagues, like <laughs> like college, XFL, and the NFL. Like he's been benched everywhere. But you know what? Like I mean, he's good at some point. Uh, did Did you uh, keep any tabs on Burnett? That 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 wideout? Like man, he's he's nasty with a Deontay Burnett. Uh, the first score uh, was a forty six yarder. Um, that that was. That was wild. I love watching that offense. They seem like they have maybe really benefited from this uh, new, um, you know, this, uh, some of this new time that they've found to get ready and, you know, prepare. Like, they look really good. And uh, correction, the first one was a 10-yarder to John Trey Kirkland. Sorry. Uh, so you also had Burnett. And Burnett, I think, secured a one-handed touchdown. Um did you check out Borgie at all? I think he's smaller than he should be, but he did get a 27 yard rushing touchdown, which was, I think, the longest of the weekend.
1: They're 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 all very talented. Uh, if you remember the Roughnecks of, of years past, with like we talked about P.J. Walker and Donald Parham, who's now a member of the uh, L.A. Chargers. These are guys that can end up on NFL rosters for sure. And watching them, you know, play, like you talked about Burnett making that grab. He's going to find his way onto a club if he keeps balling like that.
0: Right, right. And um, the quarterback for the uh, Roughnecks is Silvers. He went uh, 26 of 42 for 265 yards um, with two interceptions. So not a perfect game by any means. But I think the defense really holds it together uh, with that score of uh, 33 and 12. Uh, you had Burnett eight receptions for eleven uh, for eighty-eight yards. Uh, you had Kirkland with five catches for sixty-six yards. And before being benched, Lynch led Orlando one hundred and thirty-six yards, fifteen of twenty-one passing. So I mean, not terrible when you look at it, but just not doing enough. Um, because I feel like if you bench somebody, especially a quarterback, you really I feel like you really have to have a bad feeling in your gut. Like, what do you think goes through? Like, even at the XFL level, like the, the coaches head and he's like yeah i gotta pull my quarterback out like i know in baseball when you pull a pitcher like he's getting smoked and we need to stop the bleeding what do you think happens like on field when you're talking about benching your marquee quarterback
1: uh, it's sometimes it's like that i mean even in the nfl it's like that you don't want your quarterback to get hurt you know obviously the game's uh, out of control the xfl i feel like is a little different because like we talked about there's so many ways to get back in a game but I think that this game, it was so far out of hand that they just felt, all right, let's protect this guy, see what the other guy's got maybe. I don't know. It's different. I I, like, I would be able to rationalize it more in the NFL than in the XFL because like we well, talked about, they could, they could it, always find a way back
0: in. Right. And as you said, you don't want your quarterback to get hurt. <clears throat> uh, the Roughnecks had seven sacks. Uh, four came from Trent Harris and two came from Tim Ward. Um, so I can understand that now, uh, you know, with seven sacks, maybe you don't need to be in the game, uh, if it's too far gone anyways. And maybe that could be it. Like if we've already lost, there's no sense in putting you out there to, to maybe be, you know, injured when you shouldn't need to be. Um, I do know that, uh, Paxton Lynch did get a uh, touchdown off to Latimer who is a former Broncos receiver and they played together in the NFL. I thought that was kind of, you know, cool. Not that I'm root for them, but you know, to, <laughs> to get a touchdown to a former teammate who is now a new teammate, you kind of already have some of that synergy and maybe that's how that happened. But uh, and lastly, the Renegades and the Vipers um, 22 to 20, the Renegades. Um, it was a super exciting weekend uh, in my opinion um just to watch a lot of the games and if you didn't watch them don't worry the rock did he attended all four games that's bananas in my opinion as a as a grown man who who's done a lot of things in one day that's a lot to do in one day
1: he had that uh private jet uh ready to go gassed up ready to go i mean the game went in he'd hop on it into the next venue
0: bouncing around all over town good to be the king I mean, honestly, but uh, well, to, to his credit, three of those games were in Texas. So I kind of made it a little easier. Um, but yeah, I, I just think that um, I don't know if anybody's playing like uh like DraftKings for the XFL. I don't know where the market sits on that. Um, ha- have you had a chance to look at any of that or, or I'm going to pull it up right now? There? I have not. Oh, there you go. I mean, I've got, like, over-unders. So, I mean, Vegas will bet on anything. Vegas would bet on, like, two old people crossing a street at the same time. Who's going to get there first? I got over-under on Betty. Uh, you know, whatever. <clears throat> Vegas will bet on anything. But I know Ooh. as a, you know, well-practiced um, DraftKings guy, you'd be, you'd be the one to know. So, to update you, there are contests for DraftKings for the XFL. So yeah, and I, I mean, that could be exciting uh, because it's really hard. Like, I think in the NFL, you know your guys. Who's going to make money? Who's not? They typically come with a higher price tag. So in the XFL, where you couldn't possibly put together an entire roster of people that you know are going to cash, I feel like that's really hard to do. Even with a lot of the notable names that are in the league, like, I'm, um, you know, I've got some notes here on some of the, the really, you know storied players I guess you'd say but like uh, I mean Marquette King's there he's not on offense but Marquette King's there just in case you're all curious uh, who retired from the Raiders after being one of the more impressive punters um, I, I think he even holds like a record for like punt yards like total yards or something he, he's got some weird, in a season he's got like a weird number but uh, you've got Josh Gordon obviously right who uh, I don't know if you'd pick him up. He had a good weekend. Uh, he He's most recently played on, like, the Browns, the Seahawks. He had a quick stint with the Patriots that awarded him a ring. I don't actually think he played. He even got on the Chiefs for a second. Um, you know, he in 2013, he was the man. So he's been holding on to that for almost 10 years now, you know, a decade later, and he's still trying to prove that he's got it. Is it too late for Josh Gordon? It's interesting. I mean... You think about how old he is i don't i don't know to be
1: honest it, it's it's definitely one of those things where 31 is the wrong side of 30 for an nfl wide receiver but if he balls out who knows i mean again you look at guys that that shine and it's like okay you need a wide receiver somebody gets hurt hey we got this guy standing here now His past being so checkered is probably what's going to keep him out of the league because he's had issues numerous times with, you know, legal stuff, marijuana, that kind of thing. So that's probably what keeps him off of a squad more than anything. He's got the skills. He's always had the skills.
0: Right. I I believe he could never uh, get off illegal substances. Um, but he did have a, a bit of a weekend with a touchdown and six catches for 74 yards. I'd say that's a really good return on investment for catches, uh, 74 yards. That's that's well over what you want to see. Um, so maybe next week, keep an eye out for Josh Gordon. It, it'll only get better into week two, I feel like, now that they've got kind of the jitters out. Because if you watch those games, the first half of just about every game was kind of – it wasn't bad. It was loose. It was a little, little off, you know, like – not perfect, not comfortable. Like they weren't settled yet. But like I think into the second half, like most of the teams, most of the players were settled. Not Paxton Lynch, but just about everybody else. <laughs> um, so and and Josh Gordon is with the Seattle Sea Dragons. They did lose eighteen to twenty two to the DC Defenders. Um, another super crazy player that everybody's excited to watch is uh, Martavius Bryant. Uh, most recently on the Steelers Raiders, he's played a little bit in the FCL and the CFL. Um, he's actually out with the Vegas Vipers, which, um, I mean, they're not the, uh, the roughnecks, so I don't follow them as well, but you know, I, I know they lost 20 to 22 so far. We're not doing great for, for notable players and and winning games. Yeah. uh, Go ahead.
1: I mean, that's, that's one of those guys, another big play guy, another very talented wide receiver, also 31 years old. It just remains to be seen, you know, like, like there was a time where he was very, very hyped up. Martavius Bryant was a guy that you wanted on your fantasy rosters because he could have a week where he could go for, you know, a hundred yards and a couple scores.
0: We'll see. We'll see. I mean, all these
1: players all have upside. I think that's the big thing.
0: Right. And, And I think one of the other, uh. And most of these guys that I have listed are all former NFL, whether in a big way or a small way, like Cody Lattimore, uh, the, the former Broncos wide out. Uh, he's actually slotted for tight end in the XFL, which was a weird move. But I guess in in you know when you get up in age and you've added some pounds, maybe you can be a tight end. Uh, block a little bit more, less speed required to play that position. But uh, go ahead.
1: No, I agree with you. Absolutely. Uh, definitely different. But I guess with the XFL, you're going to be able to say, hey, maybe this guy kind of like wide receiver here, tight end there, running back here, wide receiver there. Just move it around, try something different.
0: Right. And I mean, that just, I I think from like a human perspective, like once you get up in age, you kind of understand things a bit better. No matter how good you are at a young age, I think once you like kind of break that, 27, 28, the world starts to make sense. The the picture focuses and maybe he's like, well, I could have been a tight end this whole time. Like I didn't have the speed to be a wide out anyways. So like you block a little bit more, you take those, you know, catches down the middle. Um, You know, maybe that's part of it. I don't know. Uh, Only they would know. Uh, And maybe we'll get like a in-game question from somebody. that's like, why'd you make the change? But uh, now, now to the veggies, not even the veggies is the meat. It really is the, the former (laughs) quarterbacks. Um, as we spoke, Paxton Lynch, we've kind of gone over him a couple times. He he's on the Orlando Guardians. Uh he, hopefully he starts next week. We'll see. It'd be a big waste for them if they didn't start him. Uh, because where where you're not sitting quarterbacks of plenty in the league, you know, you want to play the good ones. Um Ben DiNucci uh from the Seattle Sea Dragons, um, from the Cowboys. Like that, that's a that's a fun look. Uh, as far as I go down this list, the only thing I like better is would be the uh, A.J. McCarron, who looked really good for the Battlehawks, I guess in the second half, once everything settled down. But he looked like he played a really good game of football. Uh, I mean, I don't know if you saw anything you liked more than anything else. Uh, I know he played for the Texans, so maybe I have a soft spot for uh, A.J. in that way. But he kind of played for everybody. Bengals, Bills, Raiders, Falcons. And then he lost his ACL.
1: The guy I'm really interested in, and maybe it's because I'm a homer, maybe it's because I follow the Roughnecks, is Cole McDonald. You know, he had a prolific career in Hawaii where he threw for 4,100 yards and 33 touchdowns. And he also ran for seven scores. So he's got a little bit of that, you know, dual threat ability. I mean, clearly the Roughnecks look good. So if that guy's leading them, I'm all about it.
0: Right. Um, I mean, it's all, you know... Something we can speculate about and the first week is only a sample size. I feel like a lot of people are really quick to say, well, this guy's washed or that guy's the man. And you don't really know until you see, I think about three games, but maybe that's because I'm basic. I think ABC one, two, three, give me three of anything and I can make a decent analytical assumption. Right. Let me see it three times. If I can see it three times, I'll understand it better. And I'll be able to tell you with with good information what you can expect to see so i am still going to be watching uh i think it's really cool to have uh post football you know something something that you know we don't typically get um i like i said i was really high on it in 2020 um but they, you know, went bankrupt and now we're back in 2023 under new management. Uh management that's more I, and I believe The Rock talked about this was like we're here for, you know, the players. We we're, we're here for the guys who don't get a shot. Like The Rock kind of spoke to that a bit. Um so I think they they're really comfortable in their stance of feeding the nfl players whether that's undrafted college guys or or former glory guys like they're they're really comfortable in that space being a more minor league and i think that's a great place to be like especially if you could tie them to teams just like the uh major league baseball uh you know farm system i think that's really cool to to have that because not only can i watch the current guys i can now watch you know the, the up and coming guys who didn't get a shot or the guys who one another shot and don't feel like they got the, 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 the extent of their stay when they were in the league the first time. Uh, So, so what do you think about them? Maybe adding teams in the future and maybe tying them specifically to, to, to NFL teams and kind of creating that farm system. I don't know. It's
1: an interesting take. I think it's a really cool thing that if maybe there was that, because one team that I'm kind of looking at and it's more about why this city doesn't have more, sports franchises is San Antonio. San Antonio's got a team and they're gonna host the first championship game. And I've thought for the longest time that San Antonio would be a great place to put an NFL franchise. But we know that there's a certain owner in Dallas, Jerry Jones, that probably is not a fan of that because that's that's his market. So the fact that San Antonio is getting a chance to shine a little bit is is awesome. And if that can be something where they're a minor league team or maybe, you know, maybe the nfl looks into expanding into that market i think that's great
0: oh absolutely um and i mean you'd like to say that how many teams can texas really have but when All you're of them. the 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 largest state in the contiguous united states like we we can kind of have a couple here um the only worry i'd have is it would be an unfair situation for san antonio because i feel like the the if you, have you met a cowboys fan good luck good luck changing their <laughs> mind that, that that the san, the san antonio like astronauts are going to be any better than the cowboys they're going to fight um and that's just how i feel about their fan base it's like they they would they're, they're second only to the raiders fans as far as how blind you can be when you're tracking down a team
1: see san antonio feels different though san antonio is a Cowboys city by default right they're They were good. They're the closest, not not necessarily the closest thing, but they're stuck in the middle really between Houston and, and Dallas. And I think San Antonio, if they got their own team would embrace that Joker so much because they don't have anything else, but the Spurs. I think you'd see a lot of guys in that town flip from cowboy to San Antonio astronauts or whatever you want to call them. Comets.
0: Right. Um, do, 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 do. Yeah. It looks like the, the championship, uh, for the XFL will be played on Saturday, May thirteenth, and that's just how quick the turnaround is here.
1: Yeah, it's definitely not not here for long. You know, I think it's eight weeks or something as their season. So, like I said, finding that little pocket to be able to like, okay, you're looking for something to watch on Saturday, Sunday nights. I'm giving it to you.
0: Right. And and it looks like, and and I'm just looking this kind of up as I go at this point. I mean, I got a ton of notes here, but uh, some of the information I may have not prepped for. But like it, uh, all 43 XFL games, and that's what you're going to get, is 40 regular season between eight teams. Um, You're going to get, what's that, five weeks of XFL football, followed by a playoff weekend. And I don't know if that'll follow right after, but you get two playoff games. So four teams make it, and you get one championship game. Uh, And it'll be featured on a combination of ABC, ESPN, ESPN2, and FX. And all games, as I mentioned before, will be streamed on ESPN+. And as a member, I'm so happy because I can only watch so many 30 for 30s. Like, I need (laughs) something. I'm not watching cricket. I'm not. I refuse. Bro, are you not watching uh, axe throwing or dart throwing or corn? I'm not. No, no, (laughs) I'm not. I I don't want any of it. It's like, ah, do you want to watch not the top tier soccer or the second tier, the third tier, you want to watch minor league soccer. I'm like, no, I'm okay. I'll be all right without it.
1: I hear you. I'm I'm not there either. Uh I really dig that the fact that they're, they're using FX because FX is like, not like a, like, I think that's one of those channels everybody gets, you know what I mean? I mean, you gotta have cable, but, FX, you can. I think you can buy an app for that one too. You can just buy that that just that channel. So I think that's pretty cool.
0: Well, right, and I mean, and, and it's cool that like this particular um, league is going to a lot of like, like you said, FX and things like that that don't normally have this. Because for what I know, TNT knows drama, FX knows whatever comes after the drama <laughs> like you get all the witty sitcom stuff uh maybe you get like some of the some of the uh, cap shows because everybody loves a good cap show um i've only counted like 20 or 30 cap shows that i've had to watch in my days <clears throat> but um i feel like fx could use more exciting content like like you said and i just like to get my money's worth uh, like I'm an ESPN plus member and they, I didn't feel it at first, but then they bundled it with like Disney plus and uh, Hulu. And I was like, all right, fine. I'll take ESPN plus if it's free. Cause if you pay for the other two, it's free.
1: Yeah, I agree. I totally agree. It's, it's something that for people that aren't trying to chase this down, I think that's better. You know what I mean? Obviously ABC ESPN, those are the Kings, right? But I feel like they're also going to have their, their primary sports too for them to be able to branch this
0: out a little bit probably gonna make more money that way i'd agree i'd agree i mean any anybody that's anybody will tell you like competition is always best for the viewers for the for the uh benefactors of any competition like if you're an nfl fan you should love the xfl because this is gonna at the very least make the uh the nfl you know recognize that maybe some of these rules are cool and we'll change them uh like the fans really enjoy them or like it'll bring better players like i think what will be affected on the rosters most will be the the lower half of the nfl and the 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 upper half of the xfl right like th- those become like a gray area like i i could drop a wide receiver and pick up the best wide receiver in the xfl at like a minimum like you're gonna get that guy for basically free like i can't imagine you're gonna they expect to be signed to a max contract at this point they just want back in the league or in the league at all
1: yeah absolutely it's it's i wonder what the pay difference is i'm i'm, I'm sure the the bottom of the nfl is much more than the top of the xfl but being Big fish in a little pond probably does a lot more for you than being little fish in a big pond.
0: And for those at home that are like maybe thinking about joining the XFL, um, the average salary is about sixty thousand dollars a year. I'd have to take a pay cut to to play in the XFL. They that's wouldn't not, let me, but I'd still have to take a pay cut.
1: That's not true because they're only
0: playing for what is that three months ah uh, that's fair that's right not even it's it's well you know, i think practices and stuff like that you probably have some offseason stuff um the minimum salary for nfl players on an active roster this year will be seven hundred and fifty thousand. so t- definitely a big difference um <laughs> <laughs> from uh like like some of these guys weekly will make like a thousand dollars which to the, the average doe uh you, you know it, it's not bad but it's not you know pro athlete money like like would you consider yourself um a pro athlete if you played in the XFL or would you say like semi pro
1: probably i would i would yeah. think semi pro would be the way to go
0: right right and that's fair and even then like i I don't know like i I, i've had my dreams of playing pro sports i'm sure most guys have uh and it's like man if i had this or if i could have done that i would have you know been able to go pro and that's the whole thing but when you look at the reality of it like how small a percentage of pro athletes make it to the big show whether that's the mlb the nfl or the nba like there's so many more that are still fighting like you know you got soccer players in third world countries making $45,000 a year. But to them, I mean, that's their plan, right? They're, they're still fighting the good fight. So that's crazy. Yeah,
1: absolutely. Oh, one thing I messed up earlier. I uh, just wanted to get it square. It was Brandon Silvers that balled out for the Roughnecks. It was not Cole McDonald.
0: Right, right, right. The quarterback you were looking to see, uh, Silvers?
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't know why I had the other name. I I, I remember them talking him up, but he didn't even play
0: well, yeah old mcdonald did not get a snap but uh yeah man i don't know uh we, would you buy a roughnecks jersey they, have you seen them they don't look bad it's under uh,
1: armor you know, it's, it's, they're not it's terrible. a texasy feel to it like they use the red the blue the, the 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 deep steel blue or whatever and the white so i could do it i need a player though i, 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 need a, I, I need may a just have guide. to get my own name but uh, I wonder what they cost is a real question.
0: Probably, well, if it's an Under Armour jersey, I think those have like a flat rate, probably somewhere in the range of like 75 to $100. But is it
1: is it more or less than a buy? NFL ask? jersey? Yeah.
0: I, I think it'd be less, but closer than you'd think. Just All off right. the top of my head. I don't I, know I, if you're pulling got, it up now. I
1: got now. XFL shop up right now.
0: Right, right, I'm right. Scrolling. Let me know what you find. I got shirts.
1: Where are the jerseys at, bruh? we have jerseys here we go let's find our guys the roughnecks How we okay looking? it looks like you can't even get it
0: <laughs> you can't even get one yet they're that cool
1: you, you can't even get it right now the best <clears throat> you can do is a hoodie
0: yeah, they haven't even made and this is like iron on logos for the hoodies. They haven't even made actual merch. And that's fair. I think they're trying to like wait it out and kind of see if there's a market for it, right? Well, no, no, no. It, no they
1: they have merch. They just don't have jerseys. You can buy shirts they've got uh long sleeve, short sleeve, all different kinds of hats, uh beanies, hoodies. No. They've got slides, but no jerseys yet.
0: Right. Yeah, and, and like I said, I think that they may have some that they, they, they let out at the games themselves. And that's kind of where you would test run merch is like if they sell like crazy at the games, then you can mass produce them and sell them online. Um I know that like wrestling and things that like people will sell merch at the show. And if there's a crazy demand for them, like they'll put them online. But for the most part, they don't know if anybody's going to want them. And the last thing you want to do is, is make 15,000 jerseys and nobody buys them. Now you're just sitting on 15,000 jerseys. Very true. Yeah, and I think that they're really focused on gameplay right now over anything. Like they want it to be football and look like football. Uh, one of the uh, rules that I overlooked earlier It's a little interesting, uh, the way they handle their overtime. And uh, that is alternating attempts from the five-yard line, right? Like they just kind of back-to-back. Like, can you convert this five-yard line attempt? Um, And and you get three attempts per team, two points per score, or until a winner is decided, right? Because they do like best, like they do three attempts and the, the team with the higher score wins. But if they fail at the same time or win at the same time, they just keep going until somebody misses, right? How do you feel about that?
1: I really think it's interesting. I mean, it kind of has a college feel to it because they basically do the same thing with the exception of the attempts. So where a college game felt like sometimes it would go on forever because nobody could stop anybody, this could also do that because everybody's getting the football. So we'll we'll see when an overtime game comes, if that makes it better or worse. Obviously, we haven't seen it yet, but um, it's interesting. It's different.
0: Right. Um, and, and from from all signs, uh, I think just just the changes are really exciting to see. And it brings uh, the the crowd of people who want to see football and, and don't mind a different brand of football. It looks like everything on Twitter would suggest that people are into it. Right. Like there's a lot of. Heat on it right now and, and in the past, in the first week or two, it's always kind of heated, uh, you know, as far as like the buzz goes. But in 2020, I think there was a lot of people that were kind of into it throughout. Like I even know there were podcasts created for the XFL. Like people like, "I'm going to cover the XFL every every week after every game. I'm going to do like give you as much information as possible." So I think that a lot more people are into it than back in 2001. Do you think we'll see a second season this time? Because as far as I know, it's only ever gone one season at a time.
1: Oh, absolutely! I think you'll definitely get a second season. I feel like they're building quality rosters. You're getting these new, exciting rules. The fan bases are behind it. Obviously the rock's going to promote it. I think you'll definitely get a second season.
0: Right. Right. Um, and, and that, that's super cool. I like it. Gives me more stuff to talk about or watch. Um, you know, sports really make the world go round. Uh, as far as, you know, dragging through my day to day, but, uh, real quick. Uh, I, I, did want to touch on a subject? I borrowed Tom from from a different podcast. Uh, <laughs> if you'd like to uh, tell tell the people about your podcast,
1: <clears throat> so currently we've got a couple different podcasts going on. Me and my co host Rob Fontno. we do baseball right now. It's 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 up. It's getting it's getting that close to opening day. Uh, Astros baseball podcast. You can find us on Twitter. Uh, we've got YouTube, all of anywhere that you listen to your podcasts you'll be able to find Astros baseball podcast. Also, we've just started a new podcast focused on the Houston Texans. It's called the bullpen. And uh, that one we're working to kind of ramp up. It's still in the early stages. Uh, There wasn't a specific podcast for the Texans on fan sided. So we're kind of working towards trying to get to that point where we can uh, earn their trust to be able to be their podcast. Like we are with Astros baseball podcast. Uh, Find me on Twitter at Third Coast Tom or my co-host at Rob Fondo. And uh, we'll definitely hook you up with all things Houston sports.
0: You know, I'm just going to go on a limb here. I got to know how to spell (laughs) Fontenot.
1: I got you. F-O-N-T-E-N-O-T.
0: There you go. I I figured there was some silent letters in there. I just needed the people to know they can't see me right now. Uh, But yeah, uh, I, I think that that's. A wrap. That was a great episode. I, I really enjoyed myself. I hope you did, Tom. Every time.
1: Always. Appreciate you having me on. I'm looking forward to coming back doing it again.
0: Oh, absolutely. And, and as I've said in the past, if there's anything you want to hear from us, if you have any questions, you can find me on Twitter um, at witpodmike. That's W-I-T-P-O-D-M-I-K-E. And uh, I'll definitely you know, reach out and talk to you guys. Um, but for now, that's it.